Live from the booth at Pops, it's time for the Riverdale Review! Welcome back, pals, to another episode of the Riverdale Review, the Pals Network's weekly Riverdale Review podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined today by my pal in podcasting, Marco Cunolata. Hello. And joining us back in the booth, one of our favorite guests of all time, Olivia Hicks. Oh, thank you, guys. Hi, everybody. Glad to be back. We are so happy to have you back. Um, yeah, it's been quite some time. I think you were on our second episode of the show, right? I was on the second yeah. episode, so stuff yeah. has progressed. Yeah, we have seen some stuff come to fruition, and even some of the theories that you posited during your first appearance. I just want to put it out here before we go any further. <laughs> I called that there was going to be some Cheryl, Josie, gay content, and we did get something. And I was like, so no. on the ball. 100%. And I remember the episode had happened. We were just like, whoa. Like, that was clairvoyance. Yeah. Because, like, I remember we were just like, that's a theory. And yeah. it's just like, whoa. Holy shit. Like, it, it, it almost exactly came to fruition. <laughs> I know. You know, like, we had... We had Tony interjected in there, but it was interesting because there was an episode where we talked about that, and I remember we threw that out because we were like, you know, building off Olivia's theory, I wonder if she's going to hook uh-huh, up with Tony because uh-huh. Josie's oh, yeah. not gay. Well, I, and then we, I didn't want to say, like, Tony, like, I didn't want to spook you guys, like, on episode two and be like, Tony's going to happen, it's all over Tumblr, but, like, it, <laughs> <laughs> like Tumblr's been in, like, in rapture this whole season with the whole Tony <laughs> Cheryl storyline. Yeah, there's been there's been some really fun developments there, and I'm really glad Kale isn't here to complain about them. <gasps> does he not like? Wait, 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 I've Does he not like Shoney? He doesn't. He's, he's like been very much just like he's like I don't buy it. Yeah. <gasps> what part does he not buy? And me and Mark, I, I don't he, know. He like, said I, it was it, it, they they like the feelings came too quickly. There was the the the, yeah. the build up. There was no build up. It just kind of like happened. Yeah. Okay, well, like, if you knew from the time they announced Tony that she's bisexual in the comics, the build-up has been, like, eight months, so, like, for all of everyone who yeah. follows the comics, we were like, about dang time! But yes, he's writing that there hasn't been a proper romantic build-up, and yeah, sorry, I'll let us get on with the actual episode. <laughs> Sure. So, uh, like we normally like to do, we're going to open the show up with our spoiler-free thoughts on uh, Chapter 31, A Night to Remember, the musical special. Uh, long co- long time coming, it feels like, even though we haven't known about it for that long. But uh, it's been kind of looming on the horizon for me. So, um, I, I, I actually like this episode a lot more than I thought I was going to. You know, I, I'm not a fan. Yeah, you're of, not hot of, of, uh, uh, on uh, musical episodes. Well, and not like, I don't have a problem with musicals in general. Like, I'm not necessarily uh, a musical enthusiast, but a good musical is a good musical. But I never like the music on the on this show. I hate oh, the way oh, that, they, okay. that they mix it. I, and I, I, I'm, I'm so sorry, Olivia. I agree. Uh, this is our audio podcast that so you can't see the face of horror <laughs> she just made. But uh, I don't. I don't like the way that they're produced. Yes, you know, okay, all, all the actors fair. have very nice voices, but they like drench them in reverb, yes. and it always just sounds so um, it, re- pre-recorded. Yeah, it's too but they're studio like, heavy. Oh, we're we're singing in the small town gym, and it's just like no, it it feels so fake. Okay. Yeah, you know. I think that's fair about the audio commentary, and to pick them up on that. I think though that music in Riverdale generally works really well, so I am gonna. And you just kind of have to take the awfulness of the sound production as just part of Riverdale's charm, like the time Kevin sang God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, and it was <laughs> awful. But that's kind of the charm of it. Like, 
No, you're right. He's like carol singing outside with perfect like auto tune. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And like they, they don't like ruin it for me because like realistically, part of the fun of the show is sometimes razzing it. You know, <laughs> so it's like it, it's it's okay, but. I, the music actually worked for me in this episode because they didn't they mixed it like a musical and there were some effects but it was definitely not nearly as um as just like airy and wide and like I think because they were supposed to be singing like out to the you know the, the seats or... it actually looked like they were projecting at an appropriate volume for how freaking loud they were like actually singing you know like and that also doesn't create that dissonance for me like i always hate it when it's like like when they had betty sing uh mad world and it's like she's like whisper singing but it's super loud and it's like that's not how sound works okay Okay, number one we do not discuss the betty mad world because that did not happen like no it didn't pete what are you talking about like, Never heard of it. I'm still so salty about it. I still think it was awful. So we don't discuss that. That didn't happen. <laughs> is that a, is that a, she's sensitive. This is a sore topic. I, we cannot have like. I understand. I understand. I apologize for taking it there. <laughs> how about how about when um, Veronica and the Pussycats played at the town hall dance oh. over a shitty PA system, and it sounded like they had a multi-million dollar live setup. <laughs> is that a better example? <laughs> that is an excellent example because I literally that's like one of those songs from Riverdale. I forget it ever happened. So. <laughs> in a good way, not uh, in a bad way. <laughs> so, so uh, Olivia, you're a guest. What did you think about the episode? Okay, so, like, first time I watched it, I felt that, like, the music was happening too quickly, and I wasn't entirely mm. convinced with the way they were integrating it. But second time, I was sold completely. I was like, this is all <laughs> great. I felt like sometimes the sound just sounded a little bit... I kind of had a bit of a dissonance with it, but I think it was with certain people. So, like, for example... Camila Mendez is always amazing. She's so underrated on the show. And her stuff I believed. But, like, Cheryl's stuff, I mm-hmm. didn't always believe. I yeah. thought she was a weak... Yeah. yeah. I thought she was a bit weak this episode. Um, but She had some moments that really worked for me, yes. though. Like, and we'll talk about those. But yeah. <laughs> I think if you're going to watch this show and you haven't... And you watch this episode and you don't know anything about it, what I would say is that you have to have watched Carrie and listen to the soundtrack before you go into this. I couldn't see any way... Like, if I hadn't done that preparation, I don't know how much I would have enjoyed the episode. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I've, uh... I've never heard the... any of these songs before. Okay, and it worked for you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, same. Yeah. And, like, I, I knew the beats because I, I'm familiar with Carrie. <laughs> But like, yeah, just it as the musical. I I was like, I was like, I'm sure these, I'm sure they didn't write these songs, but I'm I'm not familiar with them. Okay, so yeah, that's interesting. Okay, yeah, that's, I don't know. Cool. Um, there, there was just something about the the way they handled this episode that made it work for me. Because like, I remember when it first kicked off, um, I was like, oh man, is the whole thing gonna be music? Like, is that where we're going? And then it was like, oh no, there's like actually a surprising amount of like. Like, this wasn't a filler episode, mm-hmm. and that was really cool, because I really thought it yes, was going to be yes. just kind of an event, uh-huh. you know, and mm-hmm. just, like, spectacle, and it's going to be about the music, and it was like, no, it's, it, this actually was one of the most interesting episodes plot-wise in quite some time. Mm-hmm. I also there was felt, a lot of, yeah. you sorry, go, no, go, go. Go. 
I was just going to say, I felt like it needed to be longer. That would be my one criticism. It's I felt like this could have been an hour and a half, like, special with the, the – not an hour and a half, like an hour and a half yeah. with the advert. So, like, an hour of actual footage that you watched. I think – I, I think so too, um, yeah. because the music did take a lot of the time away. <laughs> uh, so and and like, there's only one instance where the music really enhances the story. You know, a lot of times it's more just like we're we're playing with musical tropes. <laughs> you know, but like that scene with um, with Betty and Veronica, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about quite a bit. At I literally <laughs> I wrote in my notes. I was just like Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> Um, read out my notes because it, we're still in the spoilers, spoilers free section but my notes yeah. went just like on the graph <laughs> um, but yeah so, so Marco what did you think? Uh, yeah I had a lot of fun uh, and especially uh, like especially to your point Pete like it, it did provide like progress to the show and like the plot and all that stuff and like i thought that was really cool because a lot of times you know musical episodes can be filler they're just kind of like a fun you know once in a while kind of thing but like to actually see it play into the larger story uh bring back moments from like the story and and find like a new way to play with them within this like more dramatic setting i I don't know i feel like this show has been uh providing a lot of flair recently I remember, I, I think I mentioned that in, like, the, la- like the last time like, there was, like, a, a different kind of energy that's bringing. And, like, this was, like, a continuation of that, I feel. Um, playing along with familiarity and, like, building up, like, the show in and of itself. Yeah, I remember uh, you, you pointed that out about how you, you would like that they've been able to play with crime tropes. Yes. Because of, um, of, of Archie's storyline with Hiram. And yeah, and getting to kind of come around and, and fool around with like musical tropes this time around, I think was really, it worked a lot better than I thought it was going yeah, to. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really fully expected to come into this review like ready to be like the grouchy one, you know? <laughs> and I'm just like, no, like I had fun. I liked it, yeah. you know? It was it was pretty good. <laughs> uh, all right, so I think that's, that's probably good. Um, overall positive thoughts if you haven't seen the episode, so... Uh, if you don't want to have any of the um, plot stuff that did happen spoiled for you, now's your chance to bounce out. We'll see you next week. Um, happy to be back. So, and remember, if, you, uh, if you're an audio listener, you can do us a favor by liking the show on your platform of choice. Uh, if you're over on YouTube, you can do us a favor by liking the video, subscribing to our channel if you haven't already, and uh, sharing the show with your friends, letting them know that uh, we're out here having a great discussion about Riverdale every week and that they should get in on it. And uh, if you are a YouTube person, you're already subscribed, remember to click that little bell because uh, YouTube stuff's been real screwy lately. So you might not actually be getting alerts when we're putting up videos. So click the bell. Make sure you, uh, you know when the show goes live every Wednesday. Notifications. Nice. Nice jingle, buddy. I like Thanks. it. Thanks. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's jump into the spoiler full part of the show. And uh, I'm going to just – I just want to let Olivia start. What What were you the most excited about this episode what where do you want to start talking because you know this is there's no need to go in chronological order on this one i don't think oh uh, okay so to tell you the truth what i was most excited about was the way they'd cast it and way that, that was interacting with the tropes of the characters in the mm. show so yes. betty yeah. and sue uh, archie as tommy veronica as chris and veronica's chris was what i was most excited about just i thought that was just such a genius casting yeah. Um, Her number was really good too, I thought, actually. I'm going to have a little rant about that because on Twitter, Riverdale was like, what was your favorite song? And they didn't put The World According to Chris as a contender that you could vote for. 
Huh. That's why I'm going to come in very hot with Camila Mendes' underrated this episode because how could you just play my girl like that? Like, she's just... <laughs> I know. She works... That's, un- that's unreal. She, like... She did that whole number. She just absolutely slayed, and then she gets like no, like she doesn't get a poll. She doesn't even get an option. So yeah, I felt like that sort of convergence of characters was what I was so excited about. And then I was watching the episode, and I was very excited about Midge's return. So pick where you want to so go much with for that, those. Though, huh? Fucking no, yeah, Midge no, can't catch a break. <laughs> no, yeah, that's for damn sure. <laughs> she, she shows up, she gets shot. She shows back again, she gets. <laughs> it's like she's and she's like she's dead now like is she are we, well, is she's she? dead is she? I, is she I think so is she and that's why i i said it like that because i figured one of you <laughs> might say that but like all right I, like i know we like midge everyone and we want her to be alive but she was literally like stapled to a wall with a with scissors in her heart and she's with her eyes closed i think she's dead is she though yeah, i feel like she I know, can come were, back they were like they were like help her help her i'm just like um what do you want them to do cheryl she's very much murdered i just feel like mitch could like come back like in every six episodes mitch returns and dies in another way and like you know next time she'll be in a car crash i still want my Midge, Kevin, Moose, awkward freeway to happen, so I need her to be alive, because I feel like she's, like, such a great character, she was so unsettling, like, every time she showed up, I was like, I don't know, there's something just off about Midge in Riverdale, did you get that Mm -hmm. vibe? Yeah, yes, very much so. I I don't know, I didn't, but, uh... Very much so. I I know you did too, Marco, so... It was just, I didn't know what, I was waiting for her to just snap and do something awful and like mm-hmm. i still haven't had that moment so i feel like he has to pull yeah. through my girl has to pull through i don't i don't think so guys i think she's i think she's down for the count well we'll see, well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. i feel like yeah. speedy recovery <laughs> Get well soon. we're wishing Bye. we're wishing her a speedy recovery here uh so speaking of which um because my whole thing is i i think she's going to be dead and i'm wondering if this is going to drive like moose into kevin's arms because we saw we saw him running down the hallway dramatically and like i like did you guys get the impression that fangs was like hooking up with her because i thought fangs was gay right he is he is yeah right right but then why was he in her dressing room and well i was like maybe they were doing something shifty like like maybe something they else. were behind the sort oh. of the theater production or they were up to something separate mm. from that or if they were planning the murder <gasps> right but she was the one who got murdered well they didn't do it well we never said they planned it well somewhere down the line and fucked it up <laughs> there's a i don't know there's just that that whole thing was very interesting to me mm. that was one of the things i would like that was the biggest mystery for me coming out of this episode is like what's What's going on here? Like, wh- like, what are all these people's motivations right now? And how did how did she end up on this wall? But like, why yeah. does you know, like, Black Hood care about a high school musical theater production? Like, I just don't well, I mean, understand that. He, I mean, he did try to murder her before, though. But, like, that wasn't why he was atting them. He was like, oh, I don't want Cheryl in the lead role, which is fine, whatever. But then they did that. They were like, fine. Yeah. And then he was all like, oh, I'm going to kill Midge because I'm the Black Hood. It's like, Black Hood, I'm over it, man. So that's 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 my thing is I don't, you know, I, I'm wondering if it's a copycat killer. Yeah, definitely. 
you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's definite because we saw how how many times have we gone back and forth on if we actually believe that the guy who got shot was, was actually yeah, the black. That's fair. I always still I still kind of believe it was that serpent with Tallboy. I still feel like it was Tallboy. There was like an internet Tall theory. Boy. It was Tallboy because huh. the eyes matched. Tallboy has okay. the eyes and the right age and everything. Right build. Yeah. That's like, yeah. Oh. Hmm. In which case, Fangs huh. talking to Mitch that. kind of serpents maybe. Little I don't know, serpent. maybe. <laughs> I don't know, maybe so. Because that's the thing is, I, I like. I definitely think that that um, Ethel has something to do with it. Yes. You don't so believe like, she's doing her mooch board? <laughs> no, I don't. So it's like, could Ethel actually be a killer? I don't think so. Ooh. Like, but I'm wondering if her leaving the notes maybe brought the Black Hood back, like something like that, like. Well, I don't know. Uh, Ethel's always had a lick of dark Ethel in her. If you remember, like season one, episode three, when uh, Betty's drowning Chuck, and Ethel was like watching with like this really kind of like sensual look on yeah. her face. She was into it. So dark Ethel's always been beneath the surface, and the fact that she identifies so strongly with Carrie White—that is warning bells all throughout the school. I think <laughs> that's my thing, and I'm wondering if. I'm wondering if it being her would be too obvious because Jug just caught her with that stuff or if there might be some truth to that because they'll think that we won't actually suspect her of that. You know, like, it could kind of go either way, but I don't know. Because I think it's plausible, but in the same in the same breath, I think it's probably a red herring because yeah. that seems a little too simple. You know, that Jug would find it and we'd be like, oh, she was the one pretending to be the Black Hood. And then someone dies and it's like, well, it's Ethel. Mystery solved. You know, like... <laughs> How about she was doing the notes, but the Black Hood murdering Midge, or like seriously injuring Midge, was like a different element. So Ethel. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. That's that's kind of where I'm coming down on it at this point. Is that the Black Hood, the real Black Hood, or or this new killer got wind of the fact that that maybe that Ethel was doing this. And then reemerged. Like that might be a thing. Could have just been a coincidence. I don't know. But I definitely don't think it's her. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we're. I think even Archie would be able to work out if Ethel had been the Black Hood had shot his dad. I think he would be able to <laughs> the whole time and be like, "Wait a second! <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> imagine if we had had a scene like that where they're like every time Archie sees somebody, he like examines if they're the Black Hood. Like he sees Ethel, and then it's just like, <gasps> oh." Oh, and it's like we get a cut back to this scene and it's actually her. It's like, I blocked it all out for some reason. <laughs> what does he do? Like, while he walks down the street, he just like walks over and he stops like, mm. <laughs> Oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> I've got to say, Archie has been really awful the last a million episodes but this episode <laughs> he kind of returned to his true love which was music yeah. and i love the callback i love they were just like archie you like music and he was like i do and then like they had <laughs> going back into the music and i love that it was like so cheesy but it was so great to be back to archie likes music and his dad i just yeah I no like I, I totally agree and uh, I, I've been, like, asking that question on this show a lot lately of just, like, 
do we think we're going to see Archie snap back? Are we going to see him come back to the Archie that we used to know? And it seems like we maybe we did a little bit this episode. Yes, the jalopy was definitely like um, him kind of returning to the purity of the comic book Archie. It was like they were like, oh, yeah, you think our very Archie symbolic. Yeah, isn't like comic book Archie? Look, he has a jalopy. And like, so that was like such a symbolic moment for Archie to kind of start seeing hopefully the light and get his... Because I don't know if you guys remember this. I remember clearly in the BS confirmation episode that Veronica was like, I don't want Archie in the family business. No, he can't be in the family business. And then yep. it was like, okay, oh, yeah. how do you feel about Archie being in the family business? And it's like, this is not what Veronica requested. Like, and it's just been like <laughs> ongoing. I'm like, Archie, what are you doing here? Like, nobody, like, why is Hiram, tr- like, why is Hiram trusting his empire to like a 16 year old? Like, he has no one else he employs. His employee list is Andre, who's been shot recently, and Archie. He's supposed to be like a major crime boss. He's got like his daughter's boyfriend is his only employee. <laughs> like Archie took his muscle. The, yeah, Archie had to call him the fucking football team the other day. Like Hiram <laughs> is the worst mob boss. I think what this episode did was in kind of reuniting me with my love of Archie being an absolute idiot. It also just for me, I just snapped. I was just like, you know what? I don't care about Hiram and Hermione's plan anymore. I don't care about Hiram. Hiram, every time he showed up, I was like, go away. I want to see teens singing. <laughs> I don't want to see your face. See, I, and I'm I'm really glad that we saw Archie and Fred kind of realign mm-hmm. for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Because I really, really like Fred Andrews as a character. And I think their relationship was like a really, really big emotional center of the show in season one. <laughs> You know, we were always kind of commenting. I was like, man, it's a show about how parents are evil except for Fred Andrews, yes. you know? And like, <laughs> yeah. And uh, th- they've done a lot of humanizing to a lot of those characters that, you know, like, you know, way back when I hated on Alice. And I, I like Alice quite a bit now. Right? Um, I've ca- Yeah, I came, I've come around on her in a big way. Um, but yeah, I think Fred has really been like hurt by Archie for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that, that scene where he's just like, I gave the car back and like, I got this. And like, you know, it's like, we, he's like, we've got a lot of work to do, but like, I'm willing to do it if you are. And, I, and he's just like, I love you, son. Go to your play. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it was, it's really good. And, um, you know, I think, uh, Luke Perry is just like that. He sold that scene where like, he was just like, just on the verge of crying. You know, he's just like welling up with pride a little bit. And I was just like, oh, he's a good actor, man. Cause he <laughs> Selling was it. like, Hiram tried to take Archie's car virginity and Fred was like, no, your first car has to be special. It has to be a car that I picked out. <laughs> and Archie was just like, yes. And he just came back and I was like, yes. Hiram's the worst. Go away, Hiram. Like the scene where Hiram <laughs> comes in and is all like, oh, and did you hear that? Like, you can't see these people, but I need a little sexy shoulder twist. He's like, oh, and did you hear that? Like, uh, Archie got a new car. Have you gone for a spin? And I was like, if this scene was with Cheryl, I would be like, oh my gosh, Cheryl, you didn't, you crazy bitch. <laughs> like, because it's Hiram. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Why are you stirring the pot? Like, don't you have bigger things? He's running for mayor. He only has one guy who works for him. People trying to shoot him, and he's all like, oh, what I should really bother my time with is like causing rivalry between Archie and his dad. Like, priorities. You know who needs a mood board? Not Ethel. 
fucking Hiram needs a mood board to work out what the fuck his stupid plan is and get his life in order. Like, this is all for a prison. That's not even a good end goal. I'm so sorry that that's what it's all been about. It's a stupid prison. I'm sorry. I have a lot of feelings about this season. Like, please. That's why we have you on the show, Olivia. This is why you're in the top guest here. I'm, like, catching you up on my feelings for, like, the last, like, 16 episodes we've missed. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's good. We, we need all this context. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I, uh... I, I thought that line where he goes like, oh, a boy never forgets his first car. And I was just like, you piece of shit. <laughs> you unbelievable monster. <laughs> totally. He's the oh, worst. Yeah. I'm just, I want to like Hiram as a sleazy villain, but just his plot lines have been so boring. Apart from the time when he was like on the wrestling team. That was great. But other than the wrestling team mm. drama, he's just been very wickety whack. Yeah. He's, I don't know, his character has been dull. Like mm. there's nothing, there's nothing that pops about him anymore. Like before, it was all like the drama, like what's the master plan, whatever. And then like after the reveal, it's like okay, we know what's going on, like we know what's up, we get it. And, and I think like there used to be a, like there was a mystique around him, yes, and like a danger yes. to him. And now that we've seen the inner workings of the fact that like he is so like vulnerable and mm-hmm. and really weak, that it's like there's not that fear anymore. So yeah. there's not much left to him, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, uh, but I, I do have to say, um, seeing I, I'm I'm excited about the idea of him and Archie being at odds again. Yeah, you know yes. that uh, yeah that that last scene, um, because that's a thing where he can actually like have some power again. Yeah, you know, is like if they're at odds, then there's going to be a dynamic of them competing again, and that was like you said, Olivia was one of the more t- the times where he was most interesting, mm-hmm. and. Um, that that scene where he's just like, like sir, like you know, I know I work for you, but like don't don't try to come between me and my father again because like I promise you that's like a, a battle you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, like that's the first time he's really given him some toot in a while. Saucy and, uh, Archie, yeah, and it's it's <laughs> it's fast. cool though because even so, right? Like the whole the whole thing that we were just joking about, like what's Hiram even really have to do to him though? Because it's like Hiram's not like he needs him. Mm-hmm. At this point, so, yeah, yeah, like Archie really has a bargaining chip in himself, you know, because um, he's made himself a valuable part of the organization. Oh, I love mm-hmm. that! Right. Yes, he's gonna like Godfather it. I assume I've never watched Ooh. all. Of, I've never finished Godfather, but I think that's something that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm really interested to see where where that's going to go from here because okay. i i think i'm i'm even more reaffirmed now in my belief that archie's going to kind of switch teams again you know yes. and be on his father's side and uh that that will either drive a wedge between him and veronica or cause veronica to drive a wedge between herself and her parents again oh, i need that I need that to happen, because I think one of the things that's been most frustrating about this whole Archie-Hiram drama is that all of the characterization that should have gone to Veronica went to Archie, and it was squandered with Archie and Hiram, because they don't know what to do with it. But, like, the whole Mm -hmm. fact about... Because the whole kind of dynamic, really, should be that Veronica kind of wants to be in the family business. She doesn't want to, but she kind of wants the power, and she wants to be treated like she's an equal... 
And because it's kind of unspoken that there's this sexism happening in the family where the women do not like become the head bosses or whatever. And so because of that, Hyman's always keeping her at arm's length and keeping her away. And I think that should actually cause more conflict between her and Archie because she wants to be where Archie is. Like, yeah. she kind of doesn't want it, but she actually, when that is what she wants. She kind of, she wants to be at that place at the table and she doesn't get there because Archie's just sucking up all the oxygen in the room. And I wish that was more of a conflict between them, like an ambitious conflict, not a lot of love drama conflict, but an ambition conflict. Because... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and, and I, I wonder <clears throat> if the reason it isn't that way is because Veronica is not sure about what she wants her role mm. to be. You know, like, she herself is conflicted about the business and the future of it, you know, and, like, what she want, like, what her actual goals are. Because the most recent time she talked about it to Betty, like, she made the point of, like, you know, that she was doing it to try and keep tabs on them because if she's active in the business, she can try and steer it, you know? And, like, yeah. she, like, you know, Hiram is supposed to be, like, going legitimate. Like, that's <laughs> the thing he's been saying this whole season, right? Like, that's the whole point of the prison is, like, he doesn't want to be in crime anymore. <laughs> And I, and that's, I, I wonder how much of this, how much of the reason that hasn't come up is because they haven't thought of it or if because Veronica's motivations there are unclear and maybe she doesn't really have that ambition because she's not sure, but, you know, I'm not. I, I, I feel like it's a, like, it's a combination of both. Like, like they, they probably haven't like really thought that out and they wanted to sort of see where this sort of godfather thing went, but at, at the sure. same time, like. You're totally right. Like they, they haven't devoted this time to just building. Like she does, they haven't given her the time to even build like an endpoint for her. Like we don't, we don't, we, like we don't know what she wants. Like and that's right. an issue, right? Like that's an issue. That's a major flaw within this character is that we don't know what they want. Like even somebody like like Cheryl has an angle. It's to be away from her mother and like <laughs> happy and like you know like yeah, but. She doesn't have that, and and that makes yeah totally like like to your point, Olivia. That that makes this storyline sort of not as dramatic and not as it doesn't have um, that cohesiveness with like the rest of the story too. It, it just feels like dissonance, right? And I think this was kind of so obvious at the end of the last episode when Archie got that car because the way they shot Veronica was really weird. It was like you had lots of shots of. Veronica in the car. Veronica was obsessed with the car. Veronica was in the car. And it's like, is Veronica like Archie's prize? Like, you know, well done, Archie. You served me. Very flashy. Yeah, you served me, Hiram, and so you get this car and you also get my daughter. She's like a commodity as well to be given to you. But also the fact that she wanted to drive the car, she was in the steering wheel, it also kind of felt like Veronica wanted Veronica wanted to be was an active agent and Veronica kind of won it and Veronica wanted to be sort of driving the car and wanted to be in that in that front seat. And it was like you didn't even know how to interpret it, but they spent so much time shooting Veronica, but like she was in that scene for like such a large proportion of time. But it's like what are we even supposed to be interpreting? Are we supposed mm-hmm. to be interpreting this as Veronica's what Veronica wants, that she wants this car, she wants Archie, she wants to be in the driving seat of high business, or are we supposed to be interpreting that she's just an extra item that Archie has been given? And it was like, if we knew what Veronica fucking wanted when she woke, wakes up in the morning, we would know how to interpret that scene. And it would give that scene some oomph and some depth. That's a really good point. Yeah, and yeah, it really is a good point. And I, I think it's been a, a, a kind of – that's a broader problem that we've seen throughout this season is I think um, one of the complaints we made last the last episode um, before we knew we were going on break is that uh, the second season has not 
made good use of its increased episode count. Mm. Um, I, I think the first season was so much tighter. And I remember when we got to season yes. two, before season two, I was like, oh, man, twice as many episodes? Awesome. I love Riverdale. Twice as many episodes is twice as much stuff. Great. No, <laughs> because the pacing has been really bad. And um, I think Kale made a point um, last time about how uh, – I forget the comic writer that he was discussing. Oh, it was, it was Mark Wade, right? Yes. So Mark Wade was talking about writing for uh, legacy characters like the cast of Archie. And he said that his, uh, you know, his, his mantra is do no harm, right? And Kale made the point that Riverdale seems to want to do the opposite of that is let's do some harm. And I think that seems like it's just been the goal of this season in a lot of ways, that we've just been taking the characters in kind of crazy directions and pushing them to their limits, and now it seems like we're maybe moving back towards the status quo. Um, and I'm excited for that, because I, I, I do feel like this season, uh, once the Black Hood storyline wrapped up, has kind of really just been trying to find direction yes mm-hmm. i felt like they found the direction for me once it got to the cabin in the woods and started picking it from there not that that wasn't necessarily yeah from that episode on i felt that riverdale started to this second half of the season started to really sort of do something and the episode started to be interesting again yeah. and there was like yeah and it was good again but like that sort of between christmas and <laughs> the cabin in the woods it was just it was a dry spell <laughs> in riverdale yeah. no and Marco and I definitely agree. Yeah, I, I remember that episode specifically. We, like, I think all of us kind of had commented. It's like, like there was something about this episode. Like, it brought it back. Yes, and and yeah, and that wasn't even because it was on break. It was just like it just it brought back that energy. It brought back that uh, almost to an extent, like the status quo. It, it it made it more about like the interpersonal drama. Yes. Well, and it it centered around the core four again. Yes, which was something that yeah. like they've been so apart. You know, like yes. everybody's had their own storyline and it's kind of been like Betty's dealing with the family stuff, you know, like Jughead's doing whatever Jughead's doing this episode. Like, cause it feels like he's kind of been all over the place since like there hasn't been a serpent storyline that's really mattered, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> and like the two yeah. of them have been interacting <laughs> and then the same thing with Archie and Veronica on their side of the fence. I'm sorry. What, what no, did you have to say? Sorry, I interrupted you with... No, no, I feel like some of the problems is that like they haven't they've had these crazy storylines and they haven't had any follow through. So it's like Betty is a webcam girl. So so shocking. Oh, Betty mm-hmm. on the web, and you're like, cool. Where? Well, not cool. I was like, oh, but I was like, well, where are you going to go with this? Yeah. And they were like, oh, we forgot that that was a thing, and we're not going to yeah. talk about that. And it happened. Yeah, it was like you, a minute. Where are you going to go with this? Nowhere. <laughs> it was like, nowhere at all. It was like a minute at the back end of an episode, and it's like done. Never <laughs> talked about it again. And, like, Jughead, I mean, like, I'm not a Jughead fan, as we are all aware, but his storyline's just been, like, Jughead's discovered that racism is a thing, and he's, like, a woke bay, and that's, like, his whole sort of, like, he's like, oh, man, did you know that, like, white people do bad stuff? And it's like, yes, we know this, Jughead. Like, where have you been? Like, wake up and look around you. And he's, like, obsessed with Hiram. He's 16! (laughs) He's 16. Sixteen, what? and he's found what? out what existentialism is. 
Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry, when I was 16, I had a greater sense of, like, world issues and affairs, and I, like, the way well, he kind of tried to... I'm so glad that you were a genius and such a woke man when you were 16, Olivia, but it took Doug a little while to get there. He's been busy dealing with gangland. I, I don't care, like, because he's not a... He's such a fake poser. He's, like, went to the south side for, like, two seconds. It's like, he's like that kid in school who goes an exchange trip to Uganda and builds one toilet and comes back and is like I'm never going to use an iPod again because now I know what is true need and now I know how awful things are in the world and then like five months later they've got six iPhones. That is Jughead. He's like building his toilet and he's like oh the south side is so exotic and they're so poor over here and you're like and then he's gonna hopefully at some point be like oh maybe I should stop being so much like this I just uh, I can't with Jughead I'm sorry um, You're such I just, a hater. I am such a hater on Jughead, and if Betty gets a tattoo for that dead ass, I'm gonna be so mad. Like she's lucky she's a fictional oh, character, because I would be on her door like. It's one hundred percent happening. No, it's one Betty. No, yes, it's happening. She, it's so happening. What do you think, tramp stamp? Do you think a tramp stamp she's gonna get? I, no, no, I, no. Don't I think do it's that. gonna be like uh, maybe on the shoulder or like maybe on the hip, something like that. I, th- I think, like, that's that's probably more. I don't. Tramp Sam doesn't seem like Betty. Well, you know what doesn't seem like Betty all of the season? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> who's to Fair. say? Fair. <laughs> Should we get to the actual... Talking of Betty, and Betty acted, like, awful. Should we get to the real beat of this episode? Which is the duo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is uh, B and V. B and V. I'm sure that's you're. That, no, I'm that's sure exactly you're ready what I'm talking that. about. So like, <laughs> yeah, we'll start of off course. with like that's what you're here for. <laughs> like, I didn't know this is what I was here for today, but now I'm like, yes. <laughs> well, I didn't know that either because we figured out you were coming on this episode weeks ago. But I watched the episode and I was like, well, okay, this just had so many moments tailor made for Olivia's commentary. So. <laughs> yes. Okay. So basically, like Betty is was so like so when Betty was like uh, spoiled the rich girl daddy issues and kind of tried to come for V which is such like an awful moment just to like put aside what I'm gonna start talking about but like Betty just cut her like Betty knows I think there's something about Betty I didn't really appreciate but like Betty knows how to destroy people like she kind of oh yeah like, she's supposed to be this nice girl and she like picks at the stuff which she knew would just crush Veronica and just did it in front of everybody like it was yeah. it was a rough time and this is the thing about Veronica this season which breaks my heart is that everyone's so awful to her and she just takes it and internalizes it and it's like yes I'm a garbage person she's <laughs> She hasn't, like, yeah. at any point been like, you know what, actually, no, I'm better than this. She just internalized it all. <laughs> and then I think in the world according to Chris, she kind of saw Veronica turn that into her superpower. Where she was like, you know what, everyone thinks I'm garbage. I'm going to roll with it. And, like, this is me. <laughs> like, this is my sexy superpowers. I'm a bitch. But, like, at that moment, she was just crushed. And uh, my boy Archie came through and was like, <laughs> I was like, how dare, Betty? How dare? I, I love how he's just like, who's who's really the mean girl? Like, <laughs> it's like such an infantile burn, but it worked. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, she's like, damn, you're right. <laughs> it was good. Oh, and then that scene where they sang to each other was just too much. I loved it. So like the fact that Sweet they times. broke like. I, cause also the music continues. So it started off and it's like Archie and Betty singing to each other this love song. But then the music continues yeah. like seamlessly. So I choose to believe that Betty ran out during that 
Valid, like at the end of Fauci's song, she was like, "No, I need to reconcile with my girlfriend," and like ran. <laughs> and then, like, oh my goodness, I, I think I do have notes for this scene somewhere. Oh, it's a lot of caps. Hit us, hit us with the hot takes. The hot take. <laughs> the hot, the hot take is like all caps. Get her, Betty. Smooch! Exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! <laughs> and then, like, oh, just like the. I think the bit that kind of. It was like, I was like, already, this is gay, this is great, this is everything I'm here for, Riverdale, I'm back. And then just, like, the little bit where, like, Betty just takes Veronica's hand and then just gives her, like, the fucking twirl. The little twirl. The little twirl! She just twirled her, like, the princess she is. And I was just like, oh, my heart. Like, I was, like, so bad. It's like, Riverdale, I've got work to do today. And, like, I will not be able to focus because I'll be thinking about that twirl. Like, it was a beautiful moment. Beautiful. That's it. That's all I have. <laughs> I'm ready to go now. <laughs> and that's our show. Yeah. No. Um, but what did you guys think about it? Have I convinced you yet that Betty and Veronica should should be the couple that we should all be talking about every episode? Um, I mean, not in Riverdale. I think you convinced me of the very clear um, subtext between them in the comics uh, through your extensive uh, social media posting about it. Um, and I'm, I'm sold that uh, there, there are clear elements of uh, homoeroticism and, and BDSM imagery as well. Um, so... That's a that's that's a that's a foregone conclusion, for right? Me. But in this show, I I think they have um, a very very pure, deep platonic love, which is like there's nothing wrong with that. Like, and you can have it's like it's the um, a lot a lot of people like uh, talk shit about this term, right? Like the the idea of like the bromance, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking of it in like because not because a lot of people use it as like a homophobic way to just say that guys care about each other. But I'm talking about it like in the Scrubs way of like oh. where there's a true deep ro- a like it's a romantic there. friendship. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I there's definitely a uh, a connection there yeah. that's deep. But I don't I don't think that they're actually like into each other in that way. That's just not how I read it. Okay. Agree to disagree. I like the bromance, though. I like that reading of it, because I think that is true. And I think that's what the show is trying unsuccessfully to tell us, but it keeps, like, straying too far in the wrong direction. And then I'm Give like, it a little too much. It, it always gives it just a little too much, and I'm like... Shh. But, like, because, like, this season, I've been, like, fucking obsessed with it. Because if you keep, like, going back to all these key moments in, like, of season one and trying to be like, yeah, they gave each other flowers, but it was, like, straight. And, yeah, they smooched, but it was, like, straight. <laughs> and, like, they can't explain it. They keep trying to explain it. I'm, like, there is no explanation, Riverdale. They're, like, they even Jughead was just like, oh, Betty and Veronica kiss. And Archie's like, why? And Jughead's like, I don't know. And you're like, no, you don't. You that, don't know, that guys. That scene was my favorite. I just love when he's like, oh, they kiss an orange. He's just like, what? Like, <laughs> he's like, where the fuck was I? <laughs> I can't believe they didn't know about that. The Riverdale grapevine is so strong. Like, everybody knows what everybody had for breakfast think, in five right? seconds. Yeah, like, all the River Vixens were all there. All the right? River like, Vixens were there. Oh, you, you think, think they like, were talking what? about it? <laughs> yeah, or, like, Cheryl would yeah. twist something and be like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, maybe Cheryl didn't do that because she was gay. Oh, we all, oh, girl, we know. But um, <laughs> that also leads me to the Shirozi content of this episode, which I also need oh. to have a quick discussion of. Loved. 
Because they ruined am, it. They I'm, ruined I'm that. so about it. I'm so about Are it. Are you guys Shirozi fans? Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. And I, like, I, I definitely... I, I think I was the first one to throw out the idea of Tony and Cheryl because I was like, I don't think Josie's gay and I don't think that they're I going to actually like, have a romance. Yeah, I, I think so. But I I really, really liked their friendship <laughs> and it was really cool to see them make amends this episode. Right. Or seemingly anyway. Well, no, they made amends and it was like, <laughs> yeah. I felt like this is my issue sometimes with Riverdale is that they always kind of push the storylines of the people of color to like the background and they kind of try and resolve them super quick so like I feel like yeah. Josie and I get was a musical and everyone resolved super quickly so like Betty and Veronica had been like allowed to tear each other apart and they sang one little song and then they were like oh we're friends again and like it was kind of yeah. like it was happening that fast but I just felt like Josie has had so little character development like what she's had has been great but she's been in so like hasn't been present this season really so I felt like she deserved more she deserved to actually like work that out and be like because the way Cheryl treated her was just not okay like just to no. it was mm-hmm. awful the way Cheryl treated her and my boy Chuck who has now gone to church and so is a good boy and so I'm like Chuck um, I like Chuck now too <laughs> yeah I'm like Chuck Chuck and Josie like I can let that slide he goes to the one church which <laughs> all the black people in Riverdale go to um but like she, all, two, all two black families yeah, in Riverdale I love it they all, like, they all just go to this one church apart from the McCoys because they're sin- but sinners but um <laughs> but, but like, uh, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I did just want to say, I think, um, I, I definitely agree with you <laughs> about your overall point about Josie, and I want to also apply it to Kevin. <laughs> yeah, and it's, that's one of my broader complaints about this this season, where I said like they they're not making good use of these episodes. Like both of those characters were elevated to main cast this season, and it doesn't feel that way. Were they? Like, yeah, both both Kevin and Josie's actors are um are are considered main cast now that's not come across <laughs> no exactly and it's because each of them's gotten like one episode that was all about them yeah and then had features and everything else but even so it's like they felt pretty removed from what's going on for most of the season mm-hmm. you know yeah. i completely agree and, like uh, the, where have been the pussycats like, well they broke up I, I know they broke up, but they still go to that <laughs> school. Like She wants the reunion to her, man. I mean, my biggest ship that I have is Melody and a line of dialogue. And I wait for it thirstily every single episode. I'm like, is Melody, Melody gonna, and a line of dialogue? Is Melody going to speak? Will Melody have an opinion on something? And she never does. She, <laughs> she never she does. Talked, uh, she talked that one time where they confronted Josie in the bathroom, and I was like, oh my god, the drummer can talk! <laughs> <laughs> it's just, oh, I, I feel like, and I think also Chuck this season, this episode was disservice, because not that I feel like Chuck should just have like everything about him, but I just felt like he actually had a storyline, he had a progression arc that we saw clearly what he wanted. <laughs> Veronica, Chuck, we knew what Chuck wanted, and he had a clear angle, and then he was going towards it, and I'm like, you know what, now that Midge has died, they're probably gonna blame it on Chuck, and be all like, oh, Chuck killed Josie, oh, not Josie, Midge, because <laughs> that boy cannot catch a break. I mean, to be fair, he was a total scumbag, so, like, it makes sense that he has to put in some real effort to work on his image, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then, yeah, sorry, and then, like, just the fact that we didn't, like, 
because kind of the suggestion is when they were kind of doing that song when they were all in the dressing room and Betty and Veronica were linking arms because they're in love, Pete. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they are in love, just not romantic they're in love. love. Romantically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like. He was there like, oh, tonight's going to be so great. He had this little song, like little line. And it was kind of like a tragic, almost like, it's like in, in Hamlet, he's like, I'm going to have a great time at this fencing match. And you just right. know it's about to go downhill. And like, he had that line. And then it didn't ever, like, you kind of wanted at the end of the episode for him to just be dashed. Like, he's tried to make amends for his actions. And it just goes somehow horribly wrong. And he is like, smushed. I felt like that was the arc we needed to see, and that's not what they quite mm. did. They could do it in a later episode, but I don't trust them. Yeah. Because this, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the show that had Kevin date your, your, your queen for, like, how, how many episodes didn't even tell us that it was happening. So, like, I do not trust Riverdale. Yeah, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and I think... I don't know. I, I think... I don't, I don't see that actually happening. I feel like there's probably a pretty good chance that they're just going to let him be a good guy now. You know? Like, I, I, cause that's kind of how Riverdale do. Yeah. That's how they, <laughs> that's how they do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't know. I like, I kind of like Chuck now. So it's like, I, I, like that little interview in the beginning where, you know, he's just like, oh, why are you in the plane? He's like, you know, I'm just trying to work on my image, man. Like, I just, yeah. you know, just trying to put in the time, keep my head down. Maybe people will see me differently. I'm just like, all right, man. All right. I'm willing to give you a shot. Like, <laughs> he's great. <I laughs> you're putting in work. They've like won me over on Chuck. Like, he was a public enemy number yeah. two, number one in like, well, number two because Hiram's still around. And now he's like, yeah. he's like, my boy. Um, should we talk about Cheryl? We haven't discussed her at all. We should. We should, but I want to make one more comment about Chuck, just because there was, like, that moment during the number where, like, Veronica, like, fucking lap dances him for a minute, like, and he looks at her, I literally just was like, I need to screen cap this and just be like, this is how Marco feels about Cami Mendez. Like, every every chance he gets, he's always just like, bae. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Are you not on the Cami is Bay train? Because, no, like, no, I, I am. Like I feel like this whole Don't episode was an excuse for them to put Cami in jeans and just be like, ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen. Don't get me wrong. Yes. I am 1,000% on that train. I wrote in in the notes, I wrote, the 70s clothes are the best, Cami Mendez in bell bottoms, A+. <laughs> uh, and, I, and then for her song, I remember... I can't find it in my notes, but I literally just was like hot <laughs> and underlined it. <laughs> so I think I uh, had, don't get me wrong. I think I had similar notes. I think I was like billboard and jeans plus 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 excellent. And then I think I also did have a line that was like my sexuality is Ronnie in glasses because every time they put Cammy glasses, <laughs> I'm just like yes. It's like she is just so underrated. Like she is the shining light of Riverdale, and I feel like she just does not get enough credit. Like, Agreed. Agreed. Everyone's on the Lily shit train, and Lily Lily is great. I love Lily, but like I feel like Cammy is like the dark horse. Yeah. My thing is like there to me. It's like I'm on both trains. You know, it's like mm. and if I have to cut myself in half to be on both trains, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, um, the aesthetic was everything. I was so excited because just the seventies aesthetic, and oh, it was so great. And I like the kind of fact that the dance moves were kind of very seventies musical theater. It all kind of looked. They were like they were like bouncing and everything. Like yeah, yeah it was like so good. Jesus Christ, superstar dance moves happening. Yeah, they yes, were properly exactly. committed. 
<laughs> yeah, it was it was something else. I I it, it definitely got me there for sure. Oh, man. Uh, so so right. So let's talk about Cheryl. Um. So yeah, go ahead, Olivia. Sorry, I just completely taken. No, your- I saw you. You're like you raised your hand. Like I have takes. I have takes. No, I, <laughs> no. I was like, I think I saw like because I know uh, Caleb's not like shown because he doesn't feel there's been enough build up. And I felt like something I wanted this episode was the smooching and the girlfriending. Like I feel like that's what I deserve. Yeah. And yeah. there was nothing on that front. I was like, when you guys kissed, it was in pitch darkness. That's not going to sustain me as, like, a ship. Like, I need just, like, a little, like, like Veronica and Archie are making out every five seconds. Like, just give me a little something-something on the Shoney side. I, and, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. No. I'm, I'm, so I am a fan of, like, anime and manga, and that stuff just, like, stretches out. Like, it takes a whole season for them to, like, hold hands. So, uh, the like the long game for me and like that slow burn is totally fine and i i don't know i, I caught like these like right after um right after cheryl was like oh you can't be like you're no longer on the show and she goes to, like run to the bleachers right she just Tony just has this like like really like this look and then you see like cheryl she just immediately feels better and just like in a better mood she's like looser it's very cute it's like it, it, it's like cute moments like i i get it like a hundred percent and and i want it but these were these were like my kind of moments like those little just like like uh very gently romantic like like like, like innocent but, yeah. but and i i want that because i think that that's going to get us to a place where when they are finally like that we're going to feel more like it's earned and like that there has been that build up you know okay but they've already had like the dramatic rescue scene so i kind of left yeah. that episode like oh they're officially going out now and like now they're like oh yeah. no it's like just like they feel better when like i'm like no 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 we needed that before like this is like like that's what we needed two episodes Fair. ago to build this up properly and that's what we needed throughout the whole second half of the season that little sprinkling um but like Sh- tony is such a proud girlfriend and it's just like i love it but did you see how josie looked when show when uh, Tony left like when they were like yeah Cheryl's in the bleachers and Tony like was like I gotta go get my girlfriend and I was like great and they just had this cut to Josie yeah just cut right yeah I'm like you're like people like oh I feel like everyone's got like romantic I'm gonna keep romantic I feel like everyone's got romantic romantic love and I'm like well if that's the case can Riverdale stop directing it like every all the women are gay because that is what they give us every single like episode (laughs) like the way they direct it the way they cut the way people look at each other I'm just like if you don't want us to feel this way don't do it to us (laughs) it's just funny because i think they do want you to feel that way but i think it is because it really is speaking to like there is like romantic platonic love (laughs) and i feel like they even do that with fucking jug and archie sometimes where like they have these very like intensely like kind of like intimate moments (laughs) you know that are like that come with somebody that you've known for like years or that you've been through a lot with or that you have a very intense bond with. And like, I feel like, I feel like it is on purpose. Like they do want you to like kind of have those feels a little bit and kind of like sense that there's like a deeper connection there. It's part you know? of the, it's part of the deeper conservative. So I, uh, Olivia, I have this wild theory that, oh, give it to me. That, that the, the, the show Archie is actually a very conservative, uh, almost propaganda show. Um, specifically, what are you talking? Yeah, I brought this up to you. This was off. This was off mic, like, uh, like two, three weeks back. Where, um, the way that they portray specific characters, specifically like Hiram, 
he um he is hispanic right and mm-hmm. they're put, putting him in a position of power but the way that he has gathered this power is like sleazy and like sort of like scummy so even though it's still sort of like oh it's a hispanic who has like this power it's not it's not earned it's it's done through like some backwards ways and then um uh specifically around the way that they treat like you were saying that their gay characters is like okay like uh being homophobic is bad but then uh uh having gay characters it's like oh we have gay characters we're cool but let's not get them too like like let's not get them to that point we'll have those sprinkles <laughs> in those moments be too gay yeah That's exactly, exactly <laughs> and like so this is so okay i'm gonna have to reveal this to the listeners i was recently at a conference and it was like the theme was like image tech and i was like that's not what my phd is on i talk about superheroes so i was like you know what i can talk about is gay Betty and Veronica stuff on Tumblr. That is something I know about. So I was like, I'll talk about this. And that's so I bought this whole presentation where I was just like, academically, I'm going to convince you all that they are gay. And everyone in the room was like, hmm, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like, what are you doing here? Um, but basically part of this, of my research, like I was going back for like all of, you know, the articles and everything. And I, there was this timeline that was established, right? This is my conspiracy theory timeline. So San Diego Comic Con, they preview Riverdale episode one they already had the kiss in it they already so they already were like we're gonna do this and then they were like at that con roberto was like there's gonna be a taboo sleepover where like there's gonna be more kissing some description and then this never happened he said it was gonna happen episode seven episode seven there was like nothing there's no sleepover there's no nothing it's just like i think maybe jughead and betty kiss that's about it so whatever he was talking about never freaking happened it was cut it was sometime between that pilot being filmed and the whole rest of the series being cut, that was cut. Because by the time before the pilot even aired, Lily Reinhardt was like, oh no, we're not going to have like Betty and Veronica, that's not a thing, that's, not, that's fan fiction. So, this is my theory, my conspiracy theory, is that they were going to have more exploration of like some sort of queer relationship. It doesn't necessarily have to be Betty and Veronica, they're definitely going to have something else more happening. Probably Betty and Veronica. And that somebody was like, <laughs> I'm not saying Betty and Veronica, but it's probably I feel Betty. Like and Veronica. it wasn't even going to be necessarily like a romantic relationship thing, but there's going to be like a little bit more smooching happening, a more kind of exploration of that of the queerness of their relationship. And somebody was like, No, this is not happening. This is going to be because the whole my issue with Riverdale is that they are like the core for a heterosexual heterosexual people. Yeah, and they're like committed to that, and it's like. It should, like, I'm just like, I just don't see, if you had filmed this differently, I would believe that. But then the way you filmed that, I do not believe that these, all four of these characters are straight. So anyway, I think there's like a conflict, I've really got off topic, there's a conflict in Riverdale between what one clear part of the production team want to do and what another bit of the production team want to do. And I think that kind of explains some of the back and forth they've been having and the conservatism that you've been talking about. I don't know if that explained that at all. I feel like I just rambled for twenty minutes. No, 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 no. It <laughs> no, no. made it made sense. Yeah, 100%. yeah. I don't. You know, I think um, I can definitely see the line of 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 both of these. Like, I or I can see the logic in both of these lines of thinking for sure. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I agree with you. I think that they're. There, there's probably a little conspiracy in both of those theories, but um, I think there's definitely an internal logic there that's, like, consistent, you know, because I think that, like, the show definitely seems like it wants to deal with queer issues, but not, but not be, like, the gay show. But it's, like, 
the queerest show on television that isn't actually queer. Like the wrestling episode yeah. was directed by someone who is renowned for directing queer films. Like it was like the director had directed queer films, and that was so apparent in the way they filmed that. Like it was like so homoerotic with the sure. way Archie and Hiram and Chuck and everybody was like getting. Like it was just it was a queer episode. Apart from the fact there was no actual like you know no guys smooching. I think there's like this, there is this, there's a conflict in Riverdale at its heart. And I kind of want to, I mean, swing back to what Marco was saying about the portrayal of characters. Because I think something that I get frustrated about with Riverdale is the way they treat the characters who aren't white consistently. Like, um, the way they are sidelined. I'm not saying they're doing it deliberately. I mean, like, oh, we're not going to talk about Josie because she's black. But the fact is that Josie's had so little character development, so little screen time. And it's like, like how, like Chick has been on screen more than Josie probably has this season. Like, Ugh, yes. Oh yeah, without question, he definitely was, and he sucks. It's just like, and, um, and she's main cast. Mm-hmm. But but I think I think that's the thing is like, to your point, I don't think it's that it's like that they're consciously doing that. I think it's just that they don't manage their time well, and like they're like they are so focused on the core four characters. But, like, they're not doing a good job of, like... Because, like, in the first season, like, I felt like Josie and Kevin were a way more significant presence because the story was centered around the group as a group, Mm -hmm. not as four people who are supposed to be friends that are all doing their own shit and not interacting anymore. (laughs) Like, and I I think that's really it. It's, like, I I don't think it's, like, an intentional... Um, sidelining of those characters. I think it's that they're just so fucking bad at pacing the season because they don't know what to do with these extra episodes and they're just making bad use of their time. Like, the fact that we had so much screen time with Chick makes no fucking sense. (laughs) Like, it it doesn't make any sense. Because if anybody was into that storyline... But, or is still into that storyline at this point? You're crazy. Okay. Like I wasn't into it at first, but then at first, at first, yeah, no. When it was like, but now, when it was like, Betty was like, "Oh, you have a scar. I also have a scar. Only two people on the planet have scars. We're siblings." I was like, "This is lame." But when it was like, she was like, "Oh wait, she's the actual fucking devil," <laughs> and like I hit him. I was like, "Okay, I'm back. I'm back to. Oops, sorry. I'm back to villain chick. I'm back to vi- like." When and then that sort of Hitchcockian, he's in your house, but he's the worst. I was into sort of that dynamic, but when he came back today, I was like, no. I think this episode solidified the characters I care about and the characters I don't care about because I was having a grand old time with singing and dancing and everyone singing, and then Mm -hmm. someone would pop up and I'd be like, I hate you, go away, and I'd be like, that's how I truly feel about that character. So I was like, Hiram, done, dead to me. <laughs> Hermione, you're great, but Hiram sucked all the life out of you as a character. Like, I mean, chick, you need to go. How you need to go, and just Alice and Effie need to get it together. Like, I don't even know what to t- she wanted. That that yeah yeah no that was like such a. I, I literally wrote in my notes. I was like, Hal, how are you so bad at life? <laughs> when he shows up with flowers that his wife's allergic to, it's like, oh, we've only been married for decades. I'm just like, you fucking loser. Like, <laughs> get it together, Hal. Get your shit together, Hal. And also, I Step do- it up. I don't like the fact that like Riverdale's established that unless you see like it like unless you kind of see stuff that characters have not properly hooked up like have not like gone all the way like they're like so like we I thought that Betty and Jughead had been sleeping together for like 
six episodes and then it was like oh yeah. it was that oh, first no. time in the cabin in the woods and I was like oh so now I know if they don't explicitly show us it it hasn't actually happened so I'm like did FP no. and Alice bang like I don't I don't know because it's the world of Riverdale <laughs> I, I, I kind of think they but did but why would they show uh, us that like I want to see that that is what I want to see I mean I, I do I agree with you um, I would want to see that scene but I, I think the difference there is like the the children characters the teenage characters are teenagers and like losing your virginity like is a is a moment whereas like we can get the implication of her showing up in her snake gear being invited in and then okay like they're adults i know you know like, like i feel like that's more of a foregone conclusion it is but at the same time i feel like Riverdale keeping like, hey, do you want to see teenagers bang all the time? And I'm like, I'm a little weird, Riverdale. And then I was I like, know. oh, finally, two consensual adults. Also, like, a little <laughs> bit on the older side, something we don't often see in television is, like, parents yeah. getting their aunts. I'm like, I'm here for this. And, like, I, just, I didn't want, like, you know, you know, like, a porn film with Fifty and Alice. But I wanted, like, well, I wanted, like, a, I wanted, like, a brief makeout scene just so I could be, like, they made out. I'm happy. I'm satisfied. I can yeah. go to my grave happy. No. She wore the serpent shirt to see him, and he was just like the worst. She wanted it again. She was like, yes, FP. And he's just, he's just messed that up, and now she's back with Hal. I don't even know what I'm gonna do. Oh, I, I loved how he showed up, and he sees them, and he's just like, <gasps> and just leaves. I was just like, oh, FP. Yeah, like, fuck it up. You had your shot. I mean, what kind of, yeah, I'm at work. Uh, like, are you 12? Like, <laughs> like, you, you can talk and bust at the same time, FP. I'm sorry, the audio is going to be messed up from this chair. <laughs> this chair is like, <laughs> in the background. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I feel like, I feel like we've hit on pretty much everything here. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to touch on, Olivia, before we, we get to the wrap up? Oh my gosh. I haven't even mentioned Cheryl. So like, <laughs> <laughs> oh no fuck we yeah we we well that's uh, well i was gonna say i wanted to talk about uh like the end kind of bit mm-hmm. uh but yeah like let's let's talk about her amazing revenge scene so good i can't believe oh, yes. only in riverdale could you have the line i'm no longer the girl who burned down fawn hill <laughs> and cut off her oxygen and i was like True, baby, true. Um, like it was, no, and I love, I love how Tony's like, no, you still are, babe. <laughs> yeah. Like you're, you're still that psychotic bitch who burned down your house to kill your mother. Like, I was, like she's like, you're not done playing Carrie, not by a long shot. And I was like, oh, oh, you are, you are enabling her to do some fucking dark shit right now. She cares, Pete. <laughs> I know. Don't don't get me wrong. Again, I'm fucking about why it. Do like, hate, I'm why so do you hate? Why do you hate the women's ships, Pete? <laughs> I don't. I fucking. <laughs> I love love Cheryl and Tony together. They are like fucking Riverdale's Romeo and Juliet. It's so awesome. But basically, I. But I I think it's really hilarious how Tony's just like you know you're kind of a crazy broad. <laughs> And I'm into it. (laughs) (laughs) Tony is so great. I feel like they're going to be the evil power couple that we were promised with Hiram and Hermione. And I think we're actually going to be delivered with Tony and Cheryl. Like, we're actually going to get that. I don't think so. I don't think they're going to be evil. I I really, like, I'm 100% convinced that Cheryl's going to make a face turn. Like, I think Cheryl's going to be, like, I no, I do. I really do. I think that, like, the her and Tony dynamic is going to make her nice, not make 
like them consolidated as evil. No, she's definitely gonna be like like she's still gonna put up the the front for everybody else, but her she's gonna be like it's gonna be special. It's gonna be like you know Olivia's <laughs> I, I'm, I'm girl, so that like she go. is totally, we'll she's gonna be like evil to the world but like just the sweetest softest girlfriend yes, to Tony like the only person she can be open with but I do agree I don't with think Pete Tony is an evil character I do though. agree with Pete because when I first watched the episode I was like oh Cheryl wants to be Carrie because she wants revenge like her mom's like oh you want this revenge fantasy but that when you, I, when I watched it a second time I was like that's not actually why it's not so much a revenge fantasy for Cheryl that's not why she wanted the role she just wanted to prove to everybody that she could do it which is so much sweeter yeah. and more vulnerable. It was like she just wanted to be like, "Hey, Center don't stage. talk smack about there. me. I'm good. Like I, yeah. I can do this." And that's kind of what she truly wanted. She didn't want to just be like, "I'm going to kill my mom on stage." And I just, oh, that was so that was so good. But then when Cheryl was like, "Bitch, don't come for Nana Rose," I was like, "Yes." Nana Rose out here supporting people. Like, Nana Rose was just yeah. like, how did Nana Rose get Tony's phone number? I do not know. She just was like, she, Nana, well, she called the school. She called the school, not did, Tony. That was I, the I was, thing. Oh, that is true. That is what she did. But, like, Nana Rose yeah. is out there looking out for the gays. So she needs to, she probably was the one who's like, Betty, go and sing to Veronica during the duet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, the thing that you mentioned, um, the scene where, um, where Cheryl gets confronted by her mother and she's just like, oh, this like little fantasy is never going to happen. I literally, I wrote in my note, I was like, I actually hope that you get fucking axe murdered. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I want, I want Mrs. Blossom to die so badly. I do. Like, I hate her so much. Yeah. She's such an evil, evil, evil fucking woman. <laughs> I think. Like, she's like Disney princess mother bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think what I kind of loved about it is that the line where she was like, even in Riverdale, you still need parental approval. <laughs> I was like, yes! I love it. When, <laughs> I love the line where I think Kevin had a great line where he was like, oh, age inappropriate casting is so awful. I was like, because you're all fucking 30. Like, I love that Riverdale has the balls to just be like, oh, <laughs> like, Josie is like actually, I think, pushing 30 as the actress. Like, this is like, I was like, Riverdale's. Yeah, I mean, um, Cole Sprouse is like 27. Yeah, like, yeah. nobody is like a teenager, like any way, shape, or form. Like, Nana. Lily's close. She's only like 20, but still. Like, like, I'm sorry, but like, they're all the same age as Nana Rose. Like, they're all the same oh. age, the actors. Um, so I just love that he had that line. But yeah, no. Um, Penelope is awful. She should die. But not for a while, because I enjoy her being there as a villain. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, like, Cheryl making that power play of just like, hey, I'm gonna murder you. Yes. Get out of the house. Yeah. Like literally get out or uh, emancipate me and give me the house or I'm going to kill you. Yes. <laughs> Why did she douse herself in pig blood? Like, I know it's to be like Carrie, but also on another level that made no sense. And we'll never know. No, it made sense because Cheryl's fucking metal as hell. That was the most gangster thing anyone's ever done on Riverdale. I was like, this is the creepiest, most like, yeah. I was like, I'm so bad at it. This is like bad goth poetry kid pulling some like real trench coat mafia oh, shit, but yeah. I'm into it. So good. And I, I wrote in my notes, I was just like, hell yes, go you freaking amazing psycho. <laughs> I love it. I love Cheryl. She's my. She's one of my favorite characters. She just steals the scene every time Always. she walks into it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, she's so good. Like, what a treat. It's Cheryl. It's just... I think I wrote... My notes was fucking yes, Cheryl Slay. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think I think that covers everything. So uh, you know, if you want to write in and let you uh, let us know what you thought about uh, chapter thirty-one, a night to remember. Uh, remember that you can write into us at thecomicspals at gmail and hear your thoughts right on the air, uh, or get us in the comments down below. Um, hit us up on social media. Any of the ways you can connect with us that uh, we plug two or three times on this show. So hopefully you can figure it out. Um, it's also in our show notes. Plenty of ways for you to stay connected. Uh, so if you're an audio listener, remember, uh, if you really want to help the show out, it would be great if you give us a like on your platform of choice. Hop, hop over to Apple Podcasts, where we're currently a five-star rated show. Give us a rating. It really does help the show get recognized. And uh, if you're ever on YouTube, you can like the video, subscribe to the channel, share it with a friend, and uh, click that bell to make sure you're actually getting notifications for when we put up some content. Nice. Thanks, Marco. We got to get that one on the soundboard. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, Olivia, thank you so much for joining us here again in the booth. Uh, we're going to have to have you back on for the season finale. Uh, so, you know, you'll be back in a couple short weeks. But um, if they, if uh, the listeners want to connect with you online, can you just let them know where to do that? Yes, you can hit me up at at Lasso Magica Riscate, which is my Instagram, where I basically post terrible fan art of Riverdale. Um, <laughs> like, like Veronica in that cat suit, I was like, fan art! And then the <laughs> other way you can hit me up is at Miss Olivia Hicks on Twitter, which is generally, at the moment, it's just devolved into, like, I'll read an Archie comic and get really mad and just have like a six tweet thread about like Benny no so if that sounds like your cup of tea which it probably shouldn't be then you can hit me up on Twitter as well do not stop uh, please no do it, not stop let me tell you it's a hundred percent your cup of tea <laughs> if you enjoyed Olivia on this episode she is well worth your social media follow because she's constantly brightening up my feed with all of these ridiculous fucking cuts from old Golden Age Archie stuff and just A-plus commentary. So go give her a follow. Uh, thank her for jo- joining us on the show. Tell her that the Comics Pal sent you. And uh, we'll catch you next week on another episode of the Riverdale Review. Kale will be back in the booth. And uh, we'll be getting some more... What, do you, what, do you, what should we get? What do we want to eat here today? Uh, I always get the Pop Burger and the... Uh... The Shack Shake. Yeah, I mean, Chocolate I just I don't know shake. if I'm, I don't know that I'm in the mood for like a full meal. I'm thinking maybe a milkshake and a slice of pie. Oh, I'm gonna go for root beer because that's what I missed from the states. Oh, 